wonderful. And uh, we continued this week in our sort of four week walk up to the birth of Jesus when we celebrate it. I know it didn't happen on December 25th, but we celebrate it. And this month we look forward and, and, and what we do, it's called the season of Advent. And Advent means you take, the, it means coming, right? But we're taking little pieces and starting to think about the depth of each piece of your life before Christ and trying to drive it deeper into your heart. We talked about hope last week and how important hope is and how it's not just a feeling, but it's this deep, amazing gift of God to you. And today we're going to talk about peace. Peace is really important. But I don't know that you or I really understand the depth of it, what it really is. And I want to expose you to that today. I don't know. I remember it's one of the first... uh, (laughs) It was the 1980s. I was in the car with my mom, and this, this I, I still remember it, so it's apocryphal. I don't know that it's true, but this story the radio announcer was talking about, a beauty contest, and the, the, the gal was asked a question, you know, what about world peace? And she literally did hear world peace. And so she started talking about her recipe for, for split pea soup. You know, world peace, everybody wants it. <laughs> Okay, I know. <laughs> Probably not true, but, but, but it was on the radio, so it must be true, right? That was like the internet back in the 80s. <laughs> World peace, right? Like no more war or, or sort of inner peace, which is an inner calm, a resignation, no worries. It's, what is peace exactly? So here's the definition just to hit you. Think about this. Peace, a state of concord. Harmony, especially in personal relationships, a state of well-being corresponding to Hebrew, shalom, welfare, health, rightness. I want that. I don't know about you. I want that with my spouse. I want that with my kids. I want that with you. I want that with the world. I want that with every. What if my relationships were just right? It's kind of hard when you kind of run around with a pit in your stomach, you know, like I do sometimes. You know, am I raising my kids right? And, and they, 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 why don't I have more friends? Okay, don't answer that. I worry about the coronavirus. We argue about politics. We get sad about injustices. We're unsure if our job's going to be there, or what our country will look like. In the midst of that, I'm supposed to kind of, okay, one more thing i got to work on. I, can, I need to get some peace. Okay, I know, I know it's a Christian answer. Jesus brings peace. He does. I suppose there's a piece of it that's like best feelings, like Christmas lights and parades. There's an awesome parade in Linden yesterday, last night I heard. Beautiful. And I said, oh, it's so nice to see. But it's deeper, right? There's a harmony and a relational wholeness that's yours because peace is exactly what Jesus does bring. He is our peace. Everything we hope for, our faith, our hope, our love, they're because of this peace. And it's a wonder. Not at all just the absence of war. Deeper, right? More important. So down into every single thread of who you and I are, we so need peace. So I want it not to be in the word, word, just a word in the Bible for you. I want it to be something that you actually start to see the depth of what God has done for you. 
that we start to see it around this idea of peace, which is so closely associated with the coming of Jesus Christ. He is our peace. So the way to that, we need to reflect on the absence of it for a few minutes, the arrival of that peace, and then it's helpful to consider how it works out in your life today. So that's what we're going to do. So, so that's our, our goal today. It's a little bit of a, of a jump around the Bible. So if you have your Bible, I'll give you time to turn, but we'll put it on the screen too. I just The first thing I want to note to you today is that peace is not normal. I don't actually mean, in spite of this picture, which is the best picture I could find, I thought it was really cool. But you know what? It's not about war. It's about conflict. It's about, not, uh, about unsettledness. Kind of the, the anxiety kind of no peace. The royalness, I, I know that's not a word, inside us, right? Because I kind of feel like the absence of worry is peace. Like if I knew all my relationships were okay, to be in harmony, especially in my, my personal life, and you know, not too many people are really there. We have seasons of it, but we kind of lack for it. We long for it, but we don't really have it. So, so just, would you, for me, for a minute, dream about it. Put, close your eyes if you need to, but just think about if all of your relationships with everybody you knew were totally right, your family, your kids, your spouse, your employer, every, everybody you know is just, everything was just, ah. <laughs> I go, huh? Because I don't have it. That's not reality. Uh, but, but really, I think I could get there. You know, I could get there, maybe you could too. It's just that people are so unreasonable. If other people weren't so unreasonable, I could have more peace. I mean, I don't want to be so bold about it, but you know what? But re- of course, reasonable according to who? And uh, well, I, I'm a pretty reasonable guy, and you got peace and harmony and relationships happen when people kind of, uh, at least, kind of agree with me. If people would take care of me, if they'd listen to me, if they would be better, and so how can there be peace? And I, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, e- even in our society right now, I start to. Argh! And I know on either side of stuff, right, there are issues that now they break us and they break us in half around no peace and conflict and you've got a side. You know, peace, health, man, if you don't get the jab, you don't get your job. How could they do that? How could they not? They're pretty... I don't care which side you're on, you're going to be mad about it if I poke you enough. Or it's like, why, why don't people wear masks? It's so easy to wear. Well, stop wearing masks. It's my personal thing. They just, oh, that's... I just stop right there because pretty soon no one's coming to church. <laughs> There's so much lack of peace. It's reflected in our politics. Uh, you know, my, and I, I don't mean to just bring politics. I mean, at home, you know, I just wish mom would stop nagging me. Why, well, you know, I wish my kid would just do the right thing. The relational part is the most sad part sometimes of parenting because you feel like you're, you're struggling over peace. And because we're Christians, you know, I think, well, the reasonable, say, okay, not reasonable according to me, reasonable according to the Bible. I just wish people would be reasonable according to the Bible because that would bring peace. You know, if we all gathered around a standard and we did it, then we'd have peace because we'd have a standard by which we were going by and we could all agree on it. And, and then that's called peace, you know. 
Blessed is the one who obeys the law. Blessed is the one who obeys the Lord. Who is good and righteous and true. And that man would have peace. That woman would have peace. Don't be greedy. Don't deal unjustly. Be a good person. Help the one who's needy. Have goodwill towards men. And it'll catch. Peace will come. This is the actual way that the world and a lot of people try and get peace. Try to do the right thing. My relationships will be at peace if I follow the behavior patterns that make for peace. If you would be thoughtful to me, we would have peace. And they reflect on things. This is, let me put a passage up to kind of think about with you. It says this in Isaiah 48. Thus says Yahweh, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am Yahweh, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river. Your righteousness like the waves of the sea. We'll see the direct language to, if you would obey me, you would have peace like a river. Yeah, we've seen some of that recently. Go check out the nooksack. Peace like a river. That, that's the thought, right? This massive amount of peace would, would come. What's the problem with that? So that? That's totally true. It's absolutely 100% true. And, 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 and this is what I go towards. I say, yes, if I would just obey, I'd have peace. But there's a problem. It goes hand in hand with this one. Don't lose me yet. This is the absence of peace. Then Isaiah, it says, uh, 48, it says a couple times, there is no peace for the wicked. Amen. Them people over there. Yeah, I'm looking at you guys. Oh, no, wait, not you. Let's look at you guys. We'll make that. What's the problem with there's no peace for the wicked? Look at him say it again in Isaiah 57. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. We're talking about Isaiah. We're talking about God's definition of righteous. Who's he talking about? You. It's the move of Christianity. It's the word of God in the Bible. There is no one what? Righteous. So I guess the absence of peace, I guess it's really important to me, and I don't mean to poke you too hard, but you've got to get this. If you don't get this, you're not even walking in Christianity. You don't deserve peace. Why? Because you're wicked. Well, Dax, yeah, you can bust out the mirror. I'm right there with you. I'm not trying to say you're wicked and I'm not. That's kind of, I'm kind of designing degrees of wickedness. The Bible says there's no one righteous. That means they're all wicked. They have all turned away, the Bible says. They have all gone after their own things, the Bible says. You are wicked, the Bible says. I am too. But, but the, 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 the piece that's important for this morning is there is no peace for the wicked. <laughs> But if I just try and reform some and I'm going the right directions and taking some baby steps, then there's some peace for me in that, right? No. That's not what it says. That's what the world says. The world says, come conform to our behavior and we'll, we'll toss out the worst apples and we'll keep the best apples and we'll try and make that peace, you know. Not peace. Even the people that say stuff like that, you know, 
We preach to ourselves and each other a message of being good to get peace. And it's possible, just like it's possible that you might keep the Ten Commandments and keep the law. It's just impossible practically and functionally that no one, the Bible says, actually does it. And and let me tell you why that's important. Because if I go and I make a mistake, let's make it really a dumb mistake, okay? let's, Let's make it that I murder someone. That's a mistake. That's a dumb mistake. That puts me in the wrong. And then I say, oh, I'm so sorry that I did that. Now I'll be good and I'll get some peace. That's, it's too late, right? All the evil that you've caused, all the problems that you've caused, all the things now that you've robbed somebody of their parent or you've, you, you've, you've hurt, all the, the effects of that that rumbles through every part of your, you can't get away. We want to give ourselves a pass and say, well, I'm not really wicked, but the Bible says you are and it's too late for you. You already did things that are bad enough that everybody, you're li- you deserve no peace. That's the law. This is the law. The law says, hey, and, and anyone who doesn't go there, they're really being, they're, they're, they're presenting themselves as worthy of it or something. I don't know. Here's in Jeremiah, I'm, I'm taking a little out of context because he's talking about priests that are still greedy, you know, but that's all of us. We have these little pieces of ourselves inside that actually aren't very good still. And we put on this thing. Oh yes, peace, peace. We're doing what it means to be a Christian. Here's what God says about that. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, these priests saying peace, peace, when there is no peace. God's so up about it that he has Jeremiah do it twice because in chapter 8 he does the same thing. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying peace, peace, when there is no peace. That sounds exactly like the other verse. Yeah, it is the same. We go after this superficial peace thing. Like somehow it's just okay if you, if, if, if you mostly do the right thing and you're mostly trying to be a good person and you're mostly doing that. What a bag of nothing. What a fake thing. The hard and sad truth is that we do strive for peace. You and I do. We do long for peace. We don't have it because we're not righteous in ourselves. When I get in a, in, a, in a conflict with someone, I can say it's, it's all them, but in actuality, almost always, there's a thread of my problem too. Two wrongs don't make a right. I know what my kids should do something. I'm in there telling them to do it, but I get too strong. I don't say it right. My own heart gets frustrated. And all of a sudden, the problem's who? Me. I can say they made me do it. But the reason why I don't have peace is that I'm wicked. You too. You don't deserve any peace. Because there's no one righteous, no, not one. That's the Bible. It means we're all wicked. There's no peace for the wicked. I want to know about the absence of peace, of harmony in relationships, the state of well-being, the experience of amazing calm. You don't get it because you're evil. There is no peace. Nobody. 
Kids don't act like they should. Parents don't act like they should. There's no peace for the wicked. People say, well, if we'd all just try harder, they can try all day. Thanks, Dex. Let's go home now. No peace for anybody. No. You got to be there. You got to get to this point of saying, in my relationships, there's no peace. So that you're actually ready for the message. The gospel is better than you understand because it is called the gospel of peace. The good news of peace. It's not good news unless you think you need it. (laughs) So uh, this is the gospel of peace. That's what Jesus come to earth is. That's what we're celebrating. That's why we sing songs. That's why we worship. That's why we're doing all these things. It's because it actually brings peace. Not the peace of get it together and now act in a way that will produce peace. It's actually a gift of peace. Harmony. Right relationships. That's what Christmas is, right? God became human, was born as a baby, all the Old Testament pointing to this Jesus, Messiah, Savior from the outside. Not the people in the world becoming good somehow and getting peace. But peace came. I mean, that's, that's what the heavenly hosts announce, right? Here it is in Luke chapter 2. The angels appear to these shepherds, right? And they shout out, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he's pleased. Don't try to parse out, well, he's just pleased with a few people. No, he's saying, earth, rejoice. God is pleased. He's bringing you peace. It's an announcement. This idea of peace is a huge one. It's foreshadowed, you know, the old man in the temple. Remember, remember Simeon? This is the Christmas story. He sees Jesus He's righteous and good, but he's not at peace. Why not? Because he says so. He says, Lord, he says, now he sees Jesus. He gets all excited. Little baby Jesus. Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Why, that's big. He doesn't say, my eyes have seen your justice. He hasn't seen righteousness established. He hasn't finished lots of good works. He hasn't accomplished anything. His eyes have seen the salvation of God. That's amazing and good. It's a statement of God at work regardless of anyone's opinion. God is at work and Simeon's not at work. Simeon's not establishing anything. He's just been waiting and the peace is that he saw Jesus. Jesus himself, right, says that peace, that's wellness, right, rightness, healthy relationships, are a gift of him, not a gift of you. This peace will be in the midst of difficulty from the world that has no idea what peace actually is. I mean, here it is, John 16, Jesus says, I've said these things to you that in me you might have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but take heart. I've overcome the world. So I actually have rightness and wholeness and, and, and good relationships and harmony between me and God. Actually, just between us is grounded in Christ. 
in him. The New Testament fleshes this out in several places. Let me, again, I don't mean to overwhelm you, but here's Acts chapter 10. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. See, see, good news, the word good news there, you could actually put gospel. That's what the word is, evangelion. It's, it means our word for gospel. That's, gospel just means good news. So the gospel is actually the good news of peace. All totally through Jesus, what Jesus did. I, I just, I can't tell you how important this is. It's not through whether you stop being a jerk. Therefore, you have peace. That's how the world thinks. If you just be reasonable, then peace would come. Man, if my, if my kids would stop being so, so disappointing to me, then, then, and I'm not, they're not. Kids, don't get this. I'm sorry. This is really bad. You, know, it's, it's, you pull from your own life. This is what I do. I struggle all the time. Do I have peace? Well, a lot of times I don't feel like I have peace because of these relationships that I'm in. And so I work on them, and I, I'm a peacemaker. Man, I'll go in there and try and counsel and try because that's what I love to do. And then that's my flesh starting to get in there too. Why? Why is that my flesh, Dax? Because the reality is Jesus is my peace. Not me working on it. We'll, we'll get there. I just, I got to see. This is the gospel of peace. Here's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17. This is Jesus who came and preached Peace, Paul writes, to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. He's talking to the Gentiles and the Jews, right? But the whole idea of the Gentiles were that the Jews were like, I'd rather be a dog than a Gentile. I'd rather be a dog than be you. That was their feeling towards people. All of a sudden, it's like, wow, even though they're not doing what's right and they don't do the right things and they don't follow the Ten Commandments and they don't, all of a sudden, peace, says Jesus to them. My little justice flag goes up. Well, peace only if they do the right things. That's not the, that's not the message. The message is, do you feel you need a savior? Do you turn towards him and receive him? It's amazing. It's amazing where our peace actually is. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. These are just huge Bible verses. Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, that means we trust Jesus and we're righteous because peace and righteousness are like this. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Stark contrast, almost unbelievable reality. Christmas about the gift of peace. His name is Jesus. If you have him, you've got peace. Maybe not the feeling. I get it. It's a formula almost, right? Righteousness given. So peace. Do you really feel like righteousness has been given to you? Or do you feel like Jesus has just said, well, maybe if you're righteous, then I'll accept you. By the way, that last line is not Christian. Christian is, we trust the righteousness of Christ for me. There's no judging, no expectation. It's death to me. It's life in Jesus. It's a lot of times super hard. Why is it hard? Because I want to be righteous in me. I want to be the one people say, hey, have you heard of that Dak Swanson guy? He's a really great guy. Man, never say that about me, please. One, it's not true. 
not true of you either. I cringe at obituaries like that. I'm sorry. When someone says, you know, here's my departed one. They were such a good person. Let me list all the ways they were good. And I'm just going there in heaven right now just saying, please be quiet. Because there's one good. What's his name? Jesus. It's not that he doesn't use you. He does. It's not that he doesn't produce good works for us. He does. It's amazing that he does. But the reality is our peace is based on what he did. He came, this God of the universe who was above all things and never needed to do anything. He humbled himself and he became a baby on earth and he grew up like a regular person and he was fully human too. I'm not saying he wasn't, but I'll tell you what, God became man and he died on the cross for you. This is the good news of peace, that his blood covers you forever and you're totally clean of all the sins you've ever done. That brings, whoa, harmony. Because we're a bucket full of sinners. That's the church walls right here, the bucket. The sinners are you. Cleanse sinners, don't get me wrong. Cleanse by the blood of the Lamb. Okay, so this is what he's doing. Now, I, I want to talk for a minute about how that plays out. See, Dax, I believe this. You're talking theology with me. I get it. The, the, Romans 3 really clearly says there's no one righteous. And then we say, hey, we're only righteous just in Christ. And so Jesus is our peace. And I kind of get that. But you know what? I just... I'm having a lot of difficulty connecting that with actual living. Like, what does it mean for today? If peace is a gift from God, and he promises you and me peace in Christ, peace is his plan because Jesus came to earth as a babe. This is so separate, I'm trying to get you to see, from you being your own peace. Making your own peace. Can I even say, and I don't mean to trip you up, it's different from you being an instrument of peace. That's a line from a very famous Catholic. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. It's great if God uses you to bring peace. Blessed are the peacemakers is in the Bible. But I'll tell you what, that whole beatitude is talking about Christ and what he does in you. And it's incredible. It's not talking about what you're striving to do. Like you're going to accomplish that. You are a peace receiver, not a peacemaker. Well, I have been offended by that. I would spend my life trying to make peace. You sinner, you're not very good at it. You need actual peace, which is forgiveness towards you. It's not another three things you're going to do. It's saying I'm receiving the work of Christ, right? So this idea of, of, of God, he, you know what he does? He works through death and resurrection, not through increasing life. This is, this is hard. I'm telling you it's hard. I'm telling you it's underneath what most people are telling you. Peace, peace. If you just act the right way. I'm telling you, no, no, no. That's not getting you anywhere. The depth of it is Christ for you. But he works through death and resurrection. What does that mean? Well, it's one of those funny things, peace is. We constantly put it into a worldly perspective. I want to establish peace. Do you see the problem with that? I hope you do. Jesus Christ has established peace. It is finished. What peace are you going to establish? Well, I'm going to help him. <laughs> Good luck with that. Helping the one who did it all. 
I want to build God's kingdom here. But God builds that by embracing the sinner, not reforming the sinner. That's huge, you guys, and I hate it. It totally fits my worldly mindset that if we could just go, okay, fine, I've got the message of Jesus, and I'm going to go and I'm going to reform those sinners so they don't, ref- they don't sin anymore, and we, then, because then we won't need Jesus anymore. Wait a minute, who's the sinner? Me. There's no way out. You can't make it like, oh, I got Jesus and now I'm good. Now I'm going to get someone else and make them good. And the goodness will be their behavior and the things they do right. It doesn't work. It only works in this society that's scrabbling after peace by behavior. But we know it's not that. It's the depth of forgiveness in Christ. He is my peace. So he's my peace as I screw up, pardon the language, The relationships you have that are torn because one person actually has sinned. And yet you can have peace. Why? Because forgiveness actually does happen. That's not the forgiveness that some people talk about. Like, oh yeah, I'll forgive them if they stop everything bad. Isn't that this weird thing that sometimes even in Christianity people do? They kind of say, man, I'll forgive you you, if you if you make it all good. Like, you hurt me, but now if you stop hurting me and you stop doing anything bad ever again and you never do that again, then I'll forgive you. But then when they do it again, it's time to stop forgiving them. It's not about reformation. It's actually about the blood of Jesus. Like, you can love people who make dumb mistakes. You can actually have peace with someone who thinks very differently than you about political issues. I'm telling you, it's hard. How do I know it's hard? Because I watch you. I watch you fail at it. Can you believe that person? Look at what they're doing. They're so stupid. I know. Are you at peace with them? No, I'm going to kill them. Are they red or blue? <laughs> That's not the issue, right? Ever. Is did Christ die for them? Are they forgiven? And that hurts. Because it's not getting my way. It's actually, even in my wisdom, people are doing things I think are dumb. Dumb. What I want to do is go impose my wisdom upon them. Listen to me. You're being stupid. Be wiser. That usually doesn't go over very well. Not in my experience. You know what goes over amazingly is? Relationship. Continuing to have relationship with people. How can I have a relationship with people who are sinners? Because I've got peace. What peace do I have? The incredible blood of Jesus who died for me. That is, in fact, all I have. It's all you have too, right? This is the the reality of what happens. If you can accept this, right? Our relationships are about death, the death of expectation, because mostly those are our expectations and not God's. He embraces the sinner, and then he forgives the sinner, but often he doesn't reform the sinner. (laughs) I know this from long experience. I'm sorry. As a sinner... This is hard. This is the gospel. If you can accept it, it guards your life. Let's see. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you see how amazing that is from Philippians? How does it guard your mind and your heart? By replacing the truth that you tell yourself that your peace is up to you. That you have peace if you're moral or good or you make good choices. And the person you're talking to, their peace is based on that too. And gets replaced with Christ, who died for us. 
It needs to be brought to bear to remind yourself and others, every single person you meet who will trust Jesus, and let me say that again, every single person you meet who will trust Jesus has what? Peace. They may not feel it, they may not even experience it, but they have it because the Bible declares it. Rightness, wholeness. It brings amazing passages to bear in your life that are true simply by trusting Jesus, right? Here, look, going back to Isaiah, but now we go back to Isaiah with the gospel. We realize righteousness is in Christ alone and through nothing that I do. And the effect of righteousness will be peace. That's Jesus. And the result of righteousness, quietness, and trust forever. My people, God writes through Isaiah, will abide in a peaceful habitation in secure dwellings in quiet resting places. Amazing. That's God talking about he's doing in you. You shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. I love it. How could that actually be me? Because God has said so. Because Jesus Christ has come. Because he lived the life that you could never live. He died for you and his blood covers you. My conscience is clean. Why? Because the righteousness of Christ is mine. In Christ, I don't just deserve peace. I have it. I have it. Peace, you see. The way to peace is trusting he's done everything, not you, and not just for some heavenly potential life, but for life right now. He has you. And so what about the difficult things that happen to me? Aren't they evidence of no peace? No, not at all. There's a whole different interpretation, right? Peace invades because you're loved and so is the other person. Loved by God. It oftentimes doesn't look the path that you think it's going to look. Why? Because life doesn't end with death. Life is about resurrection. you guys just take that in for a minute, please? You're going to die. That's the story of your life on earth. We go down and we die. Our, our, our relationships that we invest in, and yet they're about death and the resurrection after death. I see people make choices that lead to wrong things. I want to save them from making those choices. But what they really need is trust in Jesus who will raise them from the dead. You realize the people that you're with right now? I mean, take a look around. These are people you're going to be with, not for a few minutes, and you can't run away, I'm sorry, but for life eternal. Oh, no. No, oh, amazing. You will be something you don't even realize because Jesus Christ will raise you from the dead. That's amazing, and he's done that. How do I know? Because he's promised, and he's poured out his life for you. And so we have this amazing thing where I look at you, and I look at you, and I look at you, and I see saints that will be in heaven forever. And it's, it's, it's about this peace that Jesus has actually brought that does that, and then I don't have to be so stinking uptight about people not thinking like I want them to think. Because they don't. But that's not the pathway to salvation. The pathway to salvation is Jesus. Christ alone. Okay. 
I hope you see that in life and death, he has you. With money or not, he has you. With, with, with circumstances that are fantastic or not, he, he has you. That peace and righteousness is yours because he says so. That your own flesh will say otherwise, wanting desperately to take away your trust in Christ's righteousness for you. Your peace. And actually, honestly, not just for you. Christ's righteousness for other people. Because a lot of times, like, I get it, Jesus forgives me. But I don't think he's forgiven that person over there. And it's just not true. He has. In John 16, 33, we looked at it already. I'm not putting it back up. We're closing. But I'm, I'm telling you, Jesus says our peace is in him. Then he says in the world, you're going to have trouble. And so we know that the troubles of the world aren't because he's against us. The troubles of the world are not that he's not at peace with us. We don't have amazing promises. He said that so he could reassure us to be of good cheer. We're going to tackle joy next week. So we've got to stop interpreting peace through personal obedience. You've got to stop striving to get peace in some other field or in some alternate time or space or reality than the one you have right now. Sin no longer keeps you from God ever. And that's the best news you could ever have. And this babe that came, Jesus Christ, he came for us. Peace is not the absence of sin. Peace is the presence of Jesus. And where the gospel goes out, Jesus is. And by the power of the Spirit, Even if you don't experience, let me tell you the truth. You have peace. Praise God for Jesus.